Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Dunya, the three Muslims. How's it going, bro? Alhamdulillah. How are you guys? Good, bro. Alhamdulillah. Glad to finally have you here. Before we jump right in, man, tell us the backstory behind your name, Halal Muaz, bro. Were there two Muazes growing up and you were the one on Dean or what? It's <laughs> a good question. I actually, um, when I first like hopped on social media, hopped on TikTok, it was, I kind of just fell into like the Dawah content. So it was actually Mu'ad Dawah first. And then I just realized that I don't necessarily want to do like specifically Dawah content. So I switched it up a bit. I tried thinking of different things and Halal Mu'ad kind of just stuck. But I'm, I'm, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm actually trying to, I'm thinking of switching up the username again. I want to mm. make it, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to just make it Mu'ad, but obviously that's already taken. Yeah, bro. If only, if only, subhanAllah. But for those of you that are in the viewers and are probably wondering who this brother is, mashallah, Moaz, why don't you tell them a little bit about your journey? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm 20 years old, just graduated college, alhamdulillah. Um, I've always, subhanAllah, I've always kind of had like like a thing for making videos and whatnot and just kind of pushing people towards the dean. And I would post actually YouTube videos a while ago, but it was, it was small. It was like a couple... You know, 100 subscribers, maybe a couple of views per video. And then my friends kept pushing. One friend in particular kept pushing TikTok. He's like, bro, you need to make a TikTok. You need to make a TikTok. And I had this mentality back then. Like, well, I, I thought TikTok was like the tool of the shaitan. Like, that was my mindset. I was like, nothing good comes out of this app. You know, it's just all fitna, right? And so I stayed away from it for the longest time. Eventually, kind of got to me. He actually, he had a TikTok and he had me... um make a video on there we were on the beach and i just did this dawa video like it was just something about the day of judgment or whatever and it blew up it did really well and all the comments were like what's this guy's tiktok does he have a tiktok blah, 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 blah. and he was like see like like i don't know i think it was just seeing that kind of support and the fact that like yo like i'm already making videos but there's so much more engagement on here and the people like you know they, they like the content so from there um i made the account and like I said, it was just kind of like primarily Dawah in the beginning. Mm. Um, and then I kind of just varied it up a bit. I kind of, I've always, you know, sometimes I've always kind of like wanted to make beneficial content, but I swayed a little bit from specifically Dawah. So instead of like, um, I started interpreting just more like, like how to level up, how to build more discipline, how to fix your sleep schedule. Like, these kind of like life lessons that can just be that's just broader than specifically dawa but anyways that kind of started up um alhamdulillah the tiktok started doing really well and i just kind of moved that over to instagram and then youtube and it's been a journey well i'm sure you guys know but it's a lot of it's a lot of consistency you have to stay consistent every week you got to pump it out and especially with school and whatnot it was um it was difficult but also i really like keeping myself busy so it kind of worked out, alhamdulillah. And, you know, I've gone this far, inshallah, you know, keeps going. Inshallah, people find benefit from it. Allah mubarak, bro. It seems like you just graduated, bro. I saw your story the other day, mashallah. But yeah. I don't know if this is something that you don't tell the public, like what you were telling us, you know, backstage about what you want to do with your career and what you're doing with school. And you briefly just mentioned that, you know, with school and everything, it is a balance. So what are you doing right now in terms of your education, in terms of your studies? Do you want to tell the viewers what's going on? Yeah, that's fine. Um... Inshallah, I'm looking to apply to, to go into dental school. So that's kind of what I want to do long term. And 
it was well, it was a struggle. I'll tell you, for for those first couple of years of college and even the last years of high school, probably the most stressful thing was trying to figure out like what am I gonna do for the next 20, 30, 40 years of my life? Like that's a question that gets planted on you and you kind of you're expected to like figure all that out, right? And so for me, that was very stressful. Um the one thing I tell people, and I made a YouTube video about this, the biggest thing is just you have to get yourself out there in the real world and just experiment with as many things as possible and see what kind of sticks, you know, see what, you know, we always talk about passion and whatnot, but you're not going to find your quote unquote passion by, by sitting around or trying to like Google it. Like that's not how it works. You have to go out there. You have to experiment. You have to try different things. And so that's what I did with career and with my hobbies. So for career, I shadowed basically everything I could, right? I shadowed doctors, pediatricians, optometrists, pharmacists, dentists, computer scientists. Like I tried everything, right? And alhamdulillah, dentistry was the thing that kind of looked good on paper. And I could actually, like I enjoyed it a bit, right? I'm not super passionate about teeth. You don't have to be passionate, like that passionate about it, right? But it was a good career. And so I and I just chose it, right? Um, and then with hobbies, it's the same thing, bro. You have to try different things. like. I tried playing piano. I played soccer. I freaking, I can't, you know, it's just a bunch of different things. And I always loved making videos, you know? And so I kind of just stuck with that. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it's grown. But you have to get yourself out there, bro. And you have to, you have to really experiment. <laughs> You're on mute, your bro. You're <laughs> bro. I was going to say, aside from just, putting yourself out there and trying a bunch of different things. What advice do you have for people that still can't find out what they want to do in terms of a career? Mm. In terms, in terms of a career, you know, that's a, that's a, so I would say the step one is to try things. Cause I feel like most people haven't really done that. I feel like if, if you actually get out there and, and, and try it internship or shadow, I feel like that'll give you a real because the thing is fed right a career might look good on paper but you, you won't actually know and fully understand what that career is until you immerse yourself in it until mm. you see it for yourself and that's why subhanallah i see a lot of people like for example that want to go into med school right or want to be like a surgeon until they they see blood coming out of the patient for the first time and then mm. they realize like they're not good with blood like you have to put yourself out there um I feel like that would be the first step. And then I feel like perspective is also really important. So this is one of, this is kind of an ick that I have with what society pushes nowadays where, and you guys might disagree. This is just my personal opinion, but I feel like too much emphasis is put on your passion. Like you have to wake up every day and just be ready to jump out of bed, just ready to go smile on your face and super excited to get to work. Mm. Bro, realistically, that's, that's not real. Like that's not life. And the, the problem with pushing that so much is that, like, you're not going to find that. And so you're going to think, like, oh, this, no career is right for me. Or, oh, I can't find my passion. Because you're expecting this, like, thing that's going to, like, stimulate you. Or you're going to be super excited about all the time. And also, the, like, the reality is, too, and I'm sure you guys can talk about this more than I can. But let's say you take your passion, right, um, or this hobby that you have. Let's say it's photography. And you want to make that your career. Well, now instead of it being like a hobby that you were doing on the side in your free time, now it's something that like you have to make money off of in order to provide for your family. So there's that added like level of stress now because it's like 
now it's not something like oh, I'm just doing for fun. It's something like I have to make this work if I want to survive and if I want to provide. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not saying I'm definitely, definitely not preaching to pick a career that you can't stand to that something that you hate going into work for. You know, that's probably well, that's probably the worst scenario that you can because you're spending eight hours a day. That's that's almost half the time that you're awake, you know, doing something that you don't enjoy. But what I would say is get that per get that mentality out of your head of I have to like be super passionate about this thing that I do and try to pick something that's 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 um, logical, something that you can see yourself doing, something that'll give you financial stability and um, that you don't you know, you don't hate waking up every morning and doing. Mm. And also there's a concept as well as just, you know, like we can plan as much as we want. But we have no idea where we're going to be in 10 years, five years, one year. We don't, right? So you plan to the best of your ability. And once you've really exerted that from yourself and there's nothing else that you can do, you have to leave it on Allah. But yeah. That's facts. Well, it reminds me of uh, this conversation that I had with this person that's close to me. And they're looking for a job right now. And they were telling me how, how depressed they were because the job that they're looking for the specific type of thing that they're looking for is just not coming up and i was like well you you do realize like you're limiting yourself by only looking for this like one little thing and then they also went to add on that like they want passion they want to wake up and feel like excited and like they like they actually want to do what they're doing i'm like listen like that's that's delusional to think like that like the passion you could be passionate about one thing right now and then you wake up the next morning and that same passion isn't there anymore bro like bro i i hate to put it like this but you could be passionate about uh the girl you're about to marry and then like at some point down the line you ain't, you're not gonna be as passionate as you once were you know so it's like but that's the thing about passion it comes and it goes it comes and it goes it's like a wave there's the peaks, there's the lows, there's the peaks, there's the lows. So it's like you can't get caught up on like, oh, I need to have this passion because then you're just going to be chasing the high, but you're never going to get the high. Mm. That's, you're 100% right. And that's actually like, because I, I, um, I told you guys that, you know, like in the beginning, I was kind of chasing that passion, right? Like I wanted to really find something that I really liked, right? And alhamdulillah, I'm glad that my parents kind of opened my eyes to it a bit because when you're young, you don't, it, when you're young, it's just you, right? You don't have to take care of anyone. You just have to take care of yourself. So you almost have this like selfish perspective of it. If it's like, what do I want? But you got to realize that five, 10 years down the line, you have a family as well that you need to provide for. So you have to take that into account as well when, when, when deciding what career you want to, you want to choose. Mm. bro especially that's double if you if you're trying to do dawah bro if you're trying to do dawah because mm. you look at the imams back then a lot of them didn't just rely on the dawah for money or provisioning they always had some type of like skill or trade or something that they were doing and the reason they did that is they detached the dawah from their source of income and i see too many people i'm not going to mention any of these shiuch, may allah bless them all but when they rely on the dawah for the money then they're going to do whatever and say whatever just to get that income and a lot of them, they, it gets the, the message, you know, kind of lost in the sauce or corrupted. And, and they're saying a lot of things that are un-Islamic just because so, just they know, you know, it'll fit societal needs and quota and it'll get them income. 
may Allah keep us from that. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Um, I worked a few jobs in my life. You know, I'm only 21. I, I've, I've actually worked a few jobs, alhamdulillah. And if I had an onhill, would probably remember very well. Uh, a few months ago when I was working at a, a car wash, uh, nine hours a day. <laughs> and um, honestly, one of the best jobs I've ever had uh, was my first one. And that was because it was just a job at a superstore. I was stocking shelves and talking to people, whatever. It was because of the environment. It was because of the people there, the people around me. You know, I was excited to go in and see who I'm going to be working with today. You know, they usually book two people for the night. And that atmosphere, that friendship, that environment, those peers and coworkers, they really made the job site. I say job site, but it was a superstore. They really made it fun. Um, I worked gardening, which is nice to be in nature, but it just it was, wasn't enjoyable. I tried to be a, an apprentice electrician once and it just, I didn't find it to be super enjoyable. And the job that I'm working now, alhamdulillah, I'm not talking about, you know, although I love it here for the same reasons. Um, the job I'm working now is amazing because of the environment, the people there, like you're not always going to be motivated yourself, right? But if you're around people who know how to motivate, how, know how to encourage you, know how to help you grow as a person, that is amazing. That's why people encourage, you know, study groups in university and college and to put yourself in a good environment with good people. Um, the mm -hmm. same work for the job site. Like if you walk in as a doctor um, with the most amazing team with you, then you're going to enjoy it a lot more than if you walk in as a doctor with a bunch of old, nagging, annoyed and annoying people who don't want to take care of other patients. You know what I mean? Yeah, so your favorite job was the first one. It's it's kind of hard to say because I really love this job that I'm working now. So I guess the one that would take the top place would be the job I'm working now. Alhamdulillah, especially because oh. it's Muslims. But that would that's definitely one I'm not going to forget. That first job. I was about to say like, oh man, you should quit what you're doing now and just go back to the the you're store, sure. bro. That's your that's your purpose. That's your passion. <laughs> <laughs> that's the logic, bro. That's the logic of some people, though. Yeah, yeah. Everyone I, I used to work with there is gone now, so I don't think it'd be as enjoyable. Subhanallah, mm. bro. One other topic that I wanted to dive right into with uh, with brother Moaz was the the struggles of being just a Muslim, you know, growing up in the West. You know, a lot of there, there's a dichotomy. You know, I hear people saying, "Okay, there's a lot of fitna here." You know, I wish I grew up, you know, in the Haram or you know somewhere in the Middle East in a, in a Muslim country, quote unquote, if that even exists. And I, I have a lot of other people saying, "Okay, cool, yes, but there's different fitna when you're growing up in the Middle East, you know, compared to here. Here, it's like you know, Allah's gonna reward you better. You know, here we can do dawah. Here, there's more opportunity. So for you, are you? Are you kind of on the side? Like, which side would you have to pick if, if you know, it was up to you and you wanted to move? Would you make hijrah? Would you stay here? I, I used to be on that side. I used to be on that boat where it's like, I wish I lived in the time of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina. Or, I, like, I wish I lived in Qatar right now or whatever. But the more and more stories you hear, I feel like you realize that no matter where you go, bro, there's going to be fitna. No matter where you go. Especially nowadays with, like, the internet and whatnot. Like, that's global, right? That fitna is always going to be there. And subhanAllah, bro, like the thing that we don't also realize is that the fact that it's easier for them means that it's going they're going to be asked more about it. 
right? For example, like I remember back in my in our home in Egypt, the masjid is literally a two minute walk, two minute walk. The nearest masjid here for us is a 10 minute drive. So if I live back home, I'm going to be asked on the day of judgment, like your masjid was two minutes away. Why didn't you go for salah? Right? Because it was easier for you. And you also have to realize as well that sometimes I feel like, especially in these Muslim countries, you take you take your Islam for granted. Like you don't value it as much as when you've grown up around the fitna and you still decide not to. And I had friends, wallahi, one one in particular comes to mind who I remember in high school, you know, he he was not on the deen at all. You know, subhanAllah, sometimes like like I didn't at one point like I, I forgot he was Muslim. Like not to I just I didn't I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like he was he was off. And subhanAllah, like he hits me up, you know, a year after we graduate. He's like, yo, are they still doing Juma at like our local masjid? I was like, of course, come through. And I'd start seeing him every Juma. And then I start seeing him like for Aisha, right? And then so we just started talking about it and talking and 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 he told me he was like all these all the mess that he got into with with the fitna that you have in the West nowadays and how accessible it is and how just submerged he got into it. I'm talking like the music, the rap, he was making music, um, getting into gangs and that kind of stuff. And one thing or not, like something happened and it kind of just clicked with him, right? And ever since then, he's been, he's been on his dean. You know what I mean? But I feel like that that's a lot stronger if you live in the West and you've been around the fitna than if you kind of just grew up and everyone around you is Muslim and whatnot. And I've seen, bro, I've, I've been back home in Egypt and, you know, it's, like it's it's unfortunate, but sometimes there's there's more fitna going on there than there is here. You know, this 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 illusion that like, ah, man, like like back home is just beautiful and perfect and everyone's sending salawat 24 <laughs> seven. It doesn't happen. You know, unfortunately, the fitna is just everywhere. So you have to realize, like, you just have to, you know, realize that Allah puts you where you are and just start asking yourself, what can you do with this? What can you do with this? Bro, the fact that you're around, like, non-Muslims all the time is an insane opportunity for da'wah. Are you kidding me? Like, if you get one of them to convert, bro, every single deed that they do for the rest of their lives, you're getting reward for that. People back home where everyone around you is Muslim, they don't have the opportunity. Right. So it's all about perspective. How can I get good deeds? How can I use what Allah's given me right now, you know, to to just make the most out of my situation? Hmm. Well, that's that's deep. Yeah. MashaAllah. SubhanAllah. My my teacher, I remember my teacher telling us that, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I wish I was alive at the time of the Prophet, or basically they wish they weren't in this current situation, but the problem is they don't know if they would have been in Abu Bakr or in Abu Jahl at the time of the Prophet. Like, we don't know if we would have been these, you know, super practicing Muslims, people who, you know, like the brother said, would have walked to the masjid every day and so on and so forth. You could have been like Abu Jahl. You could have mm -hmm. been one of the people that rejected the message because it was more difficult to accept it, um, you know, uh, due to the pressures and having to stay up all night in prayer in the beginning of Islam and so on and so forth. These were, unfortunately, reasons were why people didn't really practice Islam back then. Bro, it makes me think, man, because for the longest time, I always had this uh, 
idealistic way of seeing uh, the environment that of which I was in and that I wanted to be in. And I would always say to myself, oh, like, I want to live in like the best environment, like a tropical environment, beautiful. And then, bro, Allah allowed me to do that. Allah allowed me to go and live in the tropics in Thailand. And wallahi, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. But you know what happens? You get used to it. You get used to it. And then it no longer has the same effect. So then it's like, after that, now my mind is gearing up for like the next place. Okay, what's the better place for me to live in? And like, I'm thinking about all these different places. I'm thinking um, Abu Dhabi. I'm thinking Saudi Arabia. I'm thinking Egypt. I'm thinking Algeria. I'm thinking Morocco. I'm thinking Costa Rica. I'm thinking, bro, I'm thinking my home country, Puerto Rico. I'm thinking all these things. And I'm like, well, wait, it's just going to end up in the same thing. And then I'm thinking, oh, well, I want a place where there's all Muslims. And then it's like the same realization you had is what came to me as well, where it's like, you know, what, whether you're in a place where there's not many Muslims or you're in a place where there are many Muslims, like, there's still going to be fitna. There's still going to be problems. It's not going to be perfect. This is the dunya. Like, it's always going to be like this. And then, like, the the bigger realization that I had was um, you should be, like you said, wherever Allah is putting you. And if if where you are right now, you're finding that you can't leave that, that's like where you are, well, that's exactly where you're meant to be. And that's where you're supposed to do uh, the best work that you can possibly do that Allah put you here on this earth for. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the ayah, Allah says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَمَنُوا إِنَّ أَرْضِي وَاسِعَةٌ فَأَيَّا He says, like, my, my, my land or my earth is, is, is vast, it's wide, so worship me. Right, wherever you are, you can worship Allah wherever you are. You don't have to be in Mecca or Saudi or whatever to, to get that, you know. SubhanAllah, and even it reminds me like one of my best Ramadans was actually quarantine Ramadan, right? 2020, when we were at home, it wasn't, you know, like you, you'd think that, like, oh, you're being deprived from the masjid and the social interactions and whatnot. But SubhanAllah, there's so many different forms of worship, there's everything can be worshiped. Right. And so you can use any opportunity um, that you get. And also on on that note, you guys guys heard the phrase or the saying less is more. Right. Mm. I realized that, bro, with. um, Ah, subhanAllah, what were we talking about? I forget where I was going with that. (laughs) We're talking about like the being exactly where you are. That like you can do your best work there. Right. Where you wanted to like you wanted to move because you got used to it and whatnot. Like yeah. us as humans, like we're kind of naturally instinctively, right? Allah goes on, he says like, it was made beautiful for the man, like the love of, of women and gold and this and it like, and he keeps going. Like we're kind of almost made to, to, to always want more. And that's one of, that's one of the things that you have to really have jihad on to be content with, with what you have. And you will learn quickly on that, like, Wallahi, like some of my happiest times or some of my most just times where I was most at peace were just the simpler times, you know? It's not when like the social medias were popping off and this and that. No, it's the times where like I was just secluded in my room reading Quran, you know, or I just had a deep talk with a friend. It's just those simple just times that don't really need much. You find those a lot of times have the most value. <laughs> For real, bro. 
there's so much that I want to say right now, but it's so personal and we're live, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it low key. But, After the last show. Inshallah, bro, back backstage. But uh Moaz, bro, what are your what are your thoughts on marriage right now? You know, you're young. You know, the sun is obviously to get married as young as possible, you know, if you have the ability, but you know, living in the West, bro, is is tough, man. It's tough because because this there's, there's the whole financial thing. You know, it's our responsibility as men. Inshallah to our sponsor. <laughs> you don't understand, bro. Like this is like the number one topic. The guys talk about all the time. Like I'm saturated with marriage conversations all the <laughs> But I'm a, I'm gonna be real. I do I do 100 percent understand that that the 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 thing about you know the fitna and whatnot and you want to get married young. And it is Prophet like whoever can get married, so let them get married, right? The friends haram for sure. I feel like what isn't emphasized enough is actually like being someone who is ready for marriage. And I know it sounds really just kind of like bland, but like, bro, you have to be a man that's able to at least take care of himself before you even think about taking care of someone else. I feel like people don't understand how big of a responsibility marriage really is, you know, especially with, you see this around me, I'm sure you can relate, but like with TikTok and everything, like this whole concept of marriage is talked about as if it's just like as if it's just a game or as if it's just kind of like something that happens and it's one and done bro marriage is a lifetime commitment i'm talking till the day you die bro like are you really going to make a decision that big like off of a whim or a desire you feel me and then you have to realize especially as a man bro and i talk to my like i talk about this all the time with the guys where it's like you have to realize that like it, it, it it's not just like man subhanallah i'm well i'm saturated <laughs> we've been talking about this like all weekend but it's um with with marriage particularly it's it's not it's not something that you can just kind of like yeah you have to give it some thought and you have to really build yourself up as a person first before you take that decision and one of my best friends he He's married and he got married young. So he's been married for about a year and a half. And he got married when he was 20, right? So same age as me. But the thing is with him is that he knew from like the age of 15, 16, that he wanted to get married and he wanted to build a family. And he was very, very mature for his age. So he was ready and he understood that commitment. And I actually made a Q&A with him on my, on my YouTube channel where he, we go through kind of like all these questions and whatnot. And he mentions how he like he realizes that marriage from the beginning he realized that it was a responsibility right it wasn't something that you're playing around with and that um it's a lifetime commitment but at the same time it's an opportunity for so much khid, right you're providing for someone you're you're feeding someone you're clothing someone you're every time you pray now you pray with someone else you get the reward for jamaa right he has a beautiful outlook on it but i feel like as much as it's emphasized that like, oh, like wait till you're wait till you're like a little older to get married. Oh, you have to have a job first. You have to no, I feel like maybe that's overemphasized a little too much. But what really, really isn't talked about is you have to build yourself up as a man. Really, like you have to build yourself up before you take on something like marriage. Yeah. Yeah, well not I feel like my bad. Rami, go ahead. That, that, it's all you, man. Oh, no, I was just going to, like, 
say there's like another side of that coin where it's like the moment that you do get married, the responsibility like forces you to become a man. I think that's why it was like so recommended. And then on top of that, that you know, when you get married, it completes half your deen and all that good stuff, alhamdulillah. But it's more so the fact of like if you if you're married, you now have to support this other person along as with yourself. And then if if they're pregnant, well now you got another living thing that you're gonna have to support. So it's like you quickly get to the point where it's like you have to snap out of that childish state mm-hmm. and say like, all right, I, I got to say bismillah and just take care of business here mm-hmm. in whatever way is necessary. Halal, of course, you know, but I understand where you're coming from. I understand like there should be like some some level in your mind of like, OK, I, I feel like I'm ready. You know, I feel like I want this. That's that's what should be there. But to say, like, I'm 100% ready, I don't think anyone will ever be 100% ready, bro. And I, it, it's kind of like um, a, a lot of brothers, they say, oh, I'm not making enough money to support a wife yet. And it's like, that's fair, right? That's fair because, you know, you, you want to be real. You don't want to, like, get a wife and not have enough money for her. But then it's like Allah says, like, which I don't remember exactly what he says, so I'm going to butcher it. Um, may Allah forgive me for this. But... You can't expect to provide everything yourself. Like, who's providing for you? Are you providing for yourself, or is it Allah that's providing for you? Mm. It's Allah that's providing for you. So, at the end of the day, like, you have to have trust in Allah. It's kind of like the the story where um, you had the Arabs and they were burying their daughters, mm. or killing killing their kids, or something like that, mm. because they they didn't think they would be able to support them. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm butchering yeah. it. Forgive yeah. me. But it, you guys get the point. You guys get the point. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and I might be wrong. Allahu Alam. But I think Allah Subhanahu wa Taala might say in the Quran, basically, do not kill your children out of fear of poverty. Something, something <laughs> yeah. along those lines. So yeah, 100. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yes, marriage does make a marriage does make a man. Um, not because, not just because he's you know fulfilling responsibilities and obligations but because he knows he has to and that he's practicing these things now it does build discipline and and that you know manhood essentially but only when a man knows he has to do it or a man cares enough to have to do it because there's unfortunately a lot of guys that get into a relationship and they'll have one part down which is like the protection of their wife and then protecting their wife is like you know you don't leave the room you sit here and you just cooking clean and whatever get ready to have kids but yani that's not that's not the way of a muslim that's not how muslims are and like yes you know muslims do protect their women sometimes by telling them to stay home 100 percent, but not by locking them into in a cage and you know never taking them out and never doing anything with them unfortunately a lot of people have that mentality and a lot of women have the mentality of just you know his money's my money my money's my money screw off you know and they have all these weird, wild concepts from the very conception of the idea of marriage in their head. What the brother mentioned, oh, you have to be financially stable to get married and so on and so forth. But what constitutes of being financially stable? Is it, you know, being able to get a, a whole semi-detached and two cars and uh, so on and so forth? Or is it having enough to get by? 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, and if, if this was a prerequisite in Islam and by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't have said in the Quran what I'm about to mention. He says, basically, if two poor slaves were to get married for the sake of Allah, that Allah would enrich them. So Allah mm. is saying, if you want risk, if you want to be increased, then get married. Even if you're a poor slave marrying a poor slave. SubhanAllah. And we have people nowadays like, listen, you need a bachelor's degree. If you're weak, if you're strong, master's degree, PhD. And uh, you need to have, make seven figures a year and have two homes bro. and cars. And you, you're looking like you're giving more some cognitive dissonance, bro. And let's <laughs> think, bro, we're not, we're, not, we're not trying to disagree with you. But even if we are, it's okay because we disagree among ourselves us three, you know, all the time. But the reality, the truth of the matter is, I'm a big believer in just getting married and keep it moving because you're never going to stop your, your self-improvement as a man. It doesn't stop in marriage. And I see I see too much of the other extreme too, bro. I see too many people being like, okay, I want to get my body right. I want to get my mind right, get my qualifications, get that income. But then they were only doing it for a woman. And then when they finally get that woman, because they, they place the woman at that position of like, you know, incentive, they, they kind of let their foot off the gas. When in reality, it's never going to end, bro. You're gonna have kids. You're gonna have, you know, you're never gonna be at that point where you're you're ready enough, you know. So it's kind of like I'm a big advocate, especially once the summer, to like get married early, just bite the bullet and like just build, you know, early on. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, obviously there's a standard, right? Obviously there's a level of readiness that you, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to have, right? But but we shouldn't we shouldn't add to it, right? Yeah, like 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 there's a minimum, but like we don't want to go into the other extreme where it's like paralysis by analysis. You know, there's too many people like 35, you know, they're not married yet. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Like, you okay? You're on your dean. You know Islam. You know your rights as a man. You know your wife's rights as a woman, or vice versa. Right? If you're a man or a woman, um, you know the obligations of a marriage. How to run a household. You know how to live as a human being. You know how to live with another human being. Uh, you do your due diligence when it comes to them, right? You know what you're capable of. You know your ca uh, compatibility. If you are compatible to begin with, all these things. Yes, you have to iron out, get out of the way. But once you're out of the way. They're on their dean, you're on your dean, you're compatible with them and they're compatible with you. There's not much more to it. You have enough to get by, you're a working man, you have a place to stay, even if it's like, you know, in a basement or something. Like these are all things where, you know, it's just enough. And Islamically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for doing it for his sake. He will increase you for doing it for his sake. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start getting into like, you know, I'm not gonna get married till I'm, you know, 35 graduated making seven figures, it's like, okay. You know, then, subhanAllah, you're opening yourself up to years and years of fitna and tribulation, especially if you're in university, right? A bunch of people, opposite gender, at the the peak of their sexual drive, put in the most stressful place. The meat market. Where they're going to want to just, you know, have fun. Mm -hmm. How, like I know it's an extreme example, bro. To be honest, but like, how many people are in that predicament? Where I, I know a lot of sisters too. They're like, you know, I want to make sure I you know, get everything right, get my career right, get all of this right. And they're like 32, 33. And I know this is something. I don't say this to be offensive, but science proves this. Their their fertility, you know, the the risk with pregnancy, the complications. It's really high after 30, bro. And the reality is, there's so many sisters in their 30s trying to get married because they're like, oh, I had to like, you know, I had to do what society told me to do and then get ready for marriage and then position myself ready for marriage and men too you know it's vice versa it applies both ways mm. i have a question are, are any of you guys married i'm married Anho and ramya are gonna be married in a, in a few weeks inshallah actually 
No way. Allah mabarak, bro. That's dope. Why are you guys asking me questions about marriage? Then let me ask you guys questions. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so okay. So was what was my question? Was the was the um oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you guys know or do you ever get to a point where you know like you're ready for marriage or do you like you said Fayed, you just have to kind of like bite the bullet? We plan, but Allah plans better, bro. Subhanallah. Had it been up to me, I would have been nowhere, bro. But yeah. Subhanallah, I the the older I get, bro, the more I realize I, I try to like stop resisting the way that the that Allah is pushing in my life. You know, the more I try to create, you know, this this false notion that I'm behind the steering wheel and try to be in control of everything, the more the more anxiety and stress I get. But the more I leave it to Allah, the more I realize the barakah just comes my way, bro. If I don't resist yeah. it, you know, Subhanallah. But the, the advice that I would give most men is you never fully know if you're ready until marriage, until after you get married, bro. I know that's counterintuitive, but you need to position yourself in a way where you're doing the faraid, so to speak, like Rami was saying, you know, the basics, you know, just to position yourself ready to be married. You know, you have some type of savings, you have some source of income, you have some type of direction, you're on beam and, you know, regardless of how difficult it is on you know, today's climate. And then you just jump the gun. You just get married and you see if it's if it's meant to be. Now I'm not saying you know, don't don't vet the woman, you know, don't have you know red flags that you screen her through, you know, don't talk to her, don't get to know her, you know, at least in a halal permissible way just for a bit. But once that's done, there's there's no point playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Very, very briefly said, mashallah. And I want to emphasize that point that you mentioned in the beginning that we don't know, Allah knows, or, uh, you know, we plan, Allah is with the planners, Allah. Because you're not going to know if you're ready to be married or not. You're not. But that's why we have this daughter, we have dua, and so on and so forth. And I mean, let me tell you a story, my man. I, I tried getting married when I was uh, 18, right? I prayed wow. I made dua, I tried, I tried, I tried, and it didn't work out. And such is life, alhamdulillah, and I'm very happy for it. And, and any time a door gets closed in your face, you should be happy about it. You should, you should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. Because Allah not only is saving you from that, but he's still pointing you in the direction you're supposed to go in. And that is, you know, basically what happened with me. Alhamdulillah, now inshallah, I'm getting married soon. And if it doesn't work out, then it's just Allah putting me in a, another direction, alhamdulillah. And everything you learn along the way each time is something that you need for when you do get married, right? So all these things are very, very helpful to think about. And I would say... The best general advice I could give is obviously, firstly, the advice the Prophet set up. Be on your religion and have good character. And I would go, <clears throat> not that the, the advice of the Prophet set up falls short, right? not in any way, but just be more specific and clarify um, a part of, you know, having that good character with your spouse. I would say, <clears throat> firstly, when it comes to them, Think highly of them, but don't expect too, too much, right? But when it comes to yourself, don't think highly of yourself, but have high expectations for yourself. Because a lot of people, they have the complete inverse. They think highly of themselves, and they don't have many expectations for themselves in their relationship. And their partner, sometimes they think very little of them, or maybe even, even if they think a lot of them, whatever, they have super high expectations of them. And when they don't meet these amazing expectations that you know most people are not going to meet, it's all of a sudden, I don't want to be with this person anymore, and so on and so forth. So, mm. that's, I think the best general advice I can give about that. That's beautiful. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I was falling asleep, man. No, 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 because um, he, he I, asked, I think, How do you know if you're ready for marriage? Yeah, but 
It's just with Rami's answer was um kind of confusing me on like what the question was, <laughs> but he gave a beautiful answer. Man, I love bless him. I think I think Rami went on a, on a spinoff based on what I said, so I think that's why. Yeah, yeah I, but it was still relevant, mashallah. That should be a little more clear. That's when you you know you're ready for marriage, when you can expect highly of yourself and think lowly of yourself, and expect decently think a decent amount of things from them and not think lowly of them basically it reminds me have you guys seen that thing where like you write down like they tell you like write down like the qualities and attributes that you want in a spouse right so you have that in mind but then they tell you to flip it and ask yourself if you have those same qualities yeah right like mm. are you expecting something way higher of your spouse that you don't have it's a really good it's a it's and it goes back to my original point where it's like before you worry about someone else man you have to you have to worry about yourself and you have to improve yourself. And also, I'll mention one more thing. Sorry, Anhel. But um, Rami mentioned the, you know, like we plan on Allah plans and how you try to get married multiple times. I heard this. There's this beautiful, I don't know if it was a poem or just a saying, um, but it was, um, so it's like, I make dua to Allah for my situation. If he gives it to me, then I become happy like one time. And if he doesn't give it to me, I'm happy 10 times more. Because the first one, right, was my choice. And the second one is the choice of Allah, the, the, the knower of the unknown. SubhanAllah. So it's like, if you, like, we need to, like, bro, it's crazy how if you change your perspective, like, wallahi, life could just be so much more pleasing. Where it's like, you really, really want this thing? But you realize, again, you do your part. If it doesn't work out, you have to understand that it's Allah's plan. And, and he knows what you don't know. Wallah, he knows what you don't know. And I learned this lesson, bro, um, in these last couple of weeks. I'll, I'll share this and then I'll stop talking. <laughs> but um, the last couple of weeks before finals were very, very stressful because I had enough credits to graduate, but I was missing one class that I needed as a prereq for dental school right so i'm coming on my last i have this whole plan right i was gonna take my gap year i was gonna go study at qalam and whatnot and now all of a sudden everything's halted and i might have to delay everything a year and stay here in portland and just to take one one class right and obviously i was really upset about it and my parents were too and subhanallah bro i spent three weeks non-stop just trying to look for solutions and one door would open and I'd be really excited about it. And then a couple of days later it would close and another door would open and it would close. And it just kept happening. Subhanallah. And this was during Ramadan too. And I just, at the back of my head, this is where I, I really learned Tawakkul. Cause I'm like, yeah, Allah, you know that I'm doing everything that I can. I'm trying my hardest to find a solution. And all these, all these opportunities that I think are like, they just keep not working out. But yeah, Allah, I know that, you know, like you have what's, best plan for me and subhanallah bro the last thing like a week before school ended like the you know just another door randomly opened and i was in and out and it worked out in like the matter of a week and i got it figured out and i'm still able to take my gap year and everything mm -hmm. and it was a lot it was a lot cheaper than the alternative options that i thought were like great so subhanallah bro you really put your trust in allah and and he'll take care of you man Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, man. So what was the what was the question again? <laughs> you threw me off, bro, when you when you chimed in with that. It was beautiful, I won't lie, but the question was uh 
Habibi is. Do um, when do you know you're ready for marriage? Yeah. How do you know? Uh, okay, so my answer is that you don't know. You don't know if you're ready. But it's like I said, and I was um, you know, agreeing with you on your statement. That has to be that mental place. Like you, you have to mentally have some kind of idea that you're like, okay, I can, I can somewhat do this. You don't know that you're ready, but you have like mentally this idea of like, okay, you know what, this, this can actually work. And um, of course, like it, it all connects with what Fayed and Rami were saying. Like you, you have to be able to be selfless. That's when you know. I'd say. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of going against myself here, but if if you're in a selfless state, I feel like you you're like you're pretty much there. Like you you can handle a marriage. Uh, but the next thing that I want to say is when you were talking about the the list, writing down the traits of like what you're looking for in a spouse. Um, I think that's very powerful, but not in the way that people think it is right people think that they write down this list and that Allah is going to provide them this exact person listen Allah may or Allah may not provide you this exact person but I think it's very important to write this list out because when you write this list out you actually see for yourself what it is that you're looking for and then once you're done writing that list out you throw it away because at the end of the day like Allah is the one that's going to provide for you not yourself you're not going to go out here and find this perfect woman that matches this description that you wrote down out of the millions, billions of women in this world. Come on now. Like, it, it's not going to happen. It, it's all it's all a lot that's going to make it happen. So once once you write that down, you know, you, you have an idea. You, you now know exactly what you want so that when Allah puts it in front of you, you can make that connection. You can see it for what it is. And I think it's very, very important to play this the harder. Yeah, yeah. Very beautifully said, mashallah. I don't want to cut you off if you're done, but I don't want to lose my train of thought. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. So I have, I think, three more points I want to share um, related to what Anhel said. SubhanAllah, I'm already forgetting it, man. Bro, we're going oh, to rename our, our podcast from the three Muslims to the three rude boys, bro. Because yeah. we keep cutting one another off, bro, today. What's going on? <laughs> So and Allah, we're all just uh, very excited to uh, talk about this topic here. Mm, there we go. I, uh, okay, yeah. So you might find after you get married things about your spouse that you love that you never knew you would love. So writing a list beforehand and all that stuff, as Anha was saying, is like might not be that beneficial because you're gonna get married and find there are things about your spouse you never really thought about that you love that they do, right? And if you were to get remarried and your new spouse isn't like that. There might be a little bit of a gap. So there's a lot to consider. And as Anhel ended off with, istikhara is so important because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows every single factor of you, them, their situation, your situation, your families, your friends, your life, your experience, everything. And you barely re remember, you know, majority of the stuff yourself or can consider those things in your own life yourself. And the mm -hmm. second advice I want to give is in Islam, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet they talk about marriage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that he put between a man and a woman passionate love and mercy. Right? Passionate love and rahmah. So people have the passionate love part down nowadays, but do they have the mercy part? 
not really so we have to go back to islam and see what islam says about marriage and study it literally study it what it means the rights and so on and so forth that's the second piece and the last piece of advice i want to give for people nowadays because it didn't happen it wasn't too much of an issue in the past but nowadays it's an issue because people don't know what a man is what a woman is they don't know if they're a man or a woman so there's a lot of issues with that um, but the advice i want to give is for men to understand women and know that they're not like a man they don't think like a man they don't act like a man the things that they say in a situation nine times out of ten is not what a man would say in that same situation it's not because one's mm -hmm. better or worse they're just not the same and same thing with women understand that your man is 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 not like a woman if there's a more efficient way to do something and you're sitting there looking over your man like fix a sink and you're telling him do this do that he's not gonna like that even if his way is more difficult it's his way and he wants to do it his way if you let him do it his way struggle and get it done that would be so much better than if you're sitting there pestering him and saying no do this do that men don't like that stuff so understand yeah. how the opposite gender works please it's so important for marriage mm. and like bro so many so many women are going to hear this be like y'all misogynist you know no it's not misogynistic to say so because this is based on quran and sunnah bro there's there's a hadith about i believe there's a hadith about women being like a like a bent rib bro if you try to straighten it you know try to be just like a man try to straighten it, it's going to crack off you know yeah, so it's yeah. better you just leave it as it is you know and appreciate it for the way that yeah. allah has has made it Facts. I feel like people and to... more and more nowadays. Sorry, go ahead. I know I've talked too much. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, bro. Go ahead. I would just I'm gonna just say real quick. I feel like people more and more nowadays are starting to realize the lie that like society is just pushed on us that this whole third wave femme of men and women are the same, right? Can you guys still hear me? I'm cutting out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, oh, there we go. Okay. Um, this idea that like men and women are the same and we have to treat them the same. Men and women are equal. There's a very big difference between being equal and being the same. Biologically, we're not the same, right? Mentally, emotionally, we are built different. And you have to acknowledge that because what like the people that suffer the most from this whole third wave feminism and this idea of men have to be equal to women are actually the women because that you know doing what's most honorable which is raising a family raising kids having actual feminine qualities they're told you have to compete with men your priority is your career it's not your kids it's your career you know and this is it causes it causes a big imbalance in society that i feel like we're seeing nowadays where First of all, people aren't even getting married, right? But people that do get married, divorce rate now is like 55, 60%. Like the are getting divorced. It's crazy. And so all these imbalances are happening. And I feel like if 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 men played the role that they're supposed to play and women played the role that they're supposed to play, a lot of these issues you wouldn't find. Yeah. 100% no, that's facts. I don't know why why the thing got so choppy, bro. But we we yeah, can still I still lagging. Your your audio yeah, you still, bro, just your video. Yeah, no, I agree. You good though? I agree. Bro, bro, brother Ali writing sounds like Moses in the Matrix. <laughs> 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 Subhanallah. 
104 people here join the chat and become a member for 99 a month. Bro, that's damn near free, bro. SubhanAllah. And, and, and inshallah, you get a reward that uh, we're getting, if not more, bro, just for supporting us and facilitating us, inshallah. So just exactly yeah. like follow us to in, bro. Yeah. No, bro, but to add my, my point before I forget, because I'm notorious for forgetting, bro. I'm already forgetting as I'm like, you already forget Subhanallah, bro. Jeez, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I was going to say about Moaz, bro. It's always the ones that, that don't want to get married right now that low key want to get married the most, bro. Yeah. Ain't that right? Ain't that uh, you muted, bro? Ain't that right, though? Listen, bro. I'm a guy at the end of the day. Of course, I want to get married. Yeah, <laughs> Moaz, but... man, qualifications for wife number uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs> you know what yeah, it is? I'm going to be, be real with you guys. I mean, hmm. I'm gonna be real with you guys. I feel like, cause again, we would always talk about this with the guys, and I'd always be like, like, yeah, like I could get married young, but at the same time, like, like, imagine all like the things I could accomplish if I'm just like grinding it out on my own and this and that and blah 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 and like, you know, like it just be harder when you're married and whatnot, right? And one of my friends was like, listen, first of all, like, he said it beautifully, Subhanallah. He said. How do you not know that Allah will put barakah in those goals that you have because you decide to be responsible to be a man and to get married, right? Like, mm. from you taking something on like that for the sake of Allah, you know, he could actually put barakah in those goals that you think you can't do, you know, while you're married. So subhanAllah, it's like a perspective shift. And again, if I'm being honest, part of it, honestly, is the responsibility and the commitment. Like, I understand it's a huge commitment and I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that just yet. So I'll be honest, there's, mm. there's, there's that aspect of like, am I, am I really a man yet? I know how important that is. Am I there yet? So, yeah. So there's this, um, this is completely aside from what I want to say. You're making me forget even more by saying this, bro. I was, but, I was um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> nah, you're good, bro. You're good. I'm just playing. I, I was, you. I was going to wait till after the pod to tell you guys but i'm gonna just say it now what i do with podcasts is when a thought comes in my head i'll write it down i have a piece of paper in front of me i'll write it mm. down so i don't forget it might help i should do that <laughs> i should time. do that next time yeah, yeah, bro. we should do that but bro. we before we started was you won't see Anna have a stack of papers bro just writing <laughs> stuff down little post-its there we go but um before i was muslim and i was reading the bible there's this one thing where it says like uh don't gain the world don't lose your soul just to or don't gain the world and then lose your soul in the process so it's like if you can just bring that into this situation you're talking about like having baraka and what you're doing achieving all this stuff and it's like this is all cool but this is all part of the dunya that you just said and it's like yeah even getting married is still part of the dunya but getting married is completing half your deen and should bring you closer to allah and the whole goal is to get closer to allah so it's like it's like the saying is perhaps you get married and that will put the baraka in what it is that you're doing maybe mm -hmm. before what it is that you were doing there actually was no baraka in it but to you you were thinking there was baraka but in reality Allah didn't see it that big. You saw it as a big mm -hmm. deal. Allah didn't see it that big. And then you saw marriage as not a big deal, but Allah saw it as a big deal. 
So it's just something to take into consideration. And before before anyone chimes in, I really, really should say what I was gonna say previously, or else it's gonna be gone forever, bro. All right, now I was talking about the list, and I was talking about istahara, right? When you pray the istahara, you ask Allah, like, if this is good for me in this life and the next, in my deen, my religion, then make it easy for me, right? And then what I do is I ask Allah for a sign. And I ask Allah to make it clear to me. I don't want to be guessing and trying to think like, oh, is this a sign or not? I want Allah to make it clear to me. Now, when you write this list, let's say as you're writing this list, something comes up as like, oh, you know, I never thought about this, but I actually want my significant other to choose me. Not just be with me, but choose me. You never thought about that. Wallah, you never thought about that, but you just thought about it. You think that's a coincidence. It's not. And you might think it's insignificant. You might think, oh, it's like, okay, I'm just writing this down. It's really not that big of a deal. No one's ever going to see this. Um, you throw it away. But you know what? You just literally made yourself aware of something that you were unaware of. Now when you pray the Isra'ada and Allah sends you that sign, it may have been that that one thing that you became aware of when you were writing that list will not be the one thing that will allow you to become aware of the sign that Allah sends you, bro. Hmm. And I wanted to touch on a point that both of y'all mentioned, but you know, when Moaz was saying that, you know, like, I want to get to a point where, you know, I'm like accelerated right now, you know, I can, I can do all my goals solo and then worry about marriage. But bro, why would you not want to want to have, you know, your meals ready? your your laundry folded you know every aspect of your life taken care of if she really is now for you and takes care of you and and is on the same team and on the same page and wants to help you for your goals and you can actually focus on the things that you do you know and i'm not listen i'm not gonna give a fake answer bro you know i'm not gonna this is not like a shady answer or anything like that because i know anytime we speak about this like oh you know women don't belong in the kitchen or the other thing is women belong in the kitchen you know there's, there's two parties to everything but i'm just speaking from a personal point of view you know in terms of how much i appreciate my wife and like just having everything taken care of in the household even with my business bro just helping me with all the all the background stuff it just really helps me double down and focus on what i do and that's something that i couldn't do before because i would have to be in charge of doing all these things it's kind of like having someone that's like there for supporting you and it frees up and allocates a lot of more room for you to do what you gotta do you know hope that makes sense actually never thought of that perspective at all subhanallah yeah and yeah. Uh, one more thing i want to add on to that quickly is that um having bro honestly ha being married I and mean, i'm not married yet right i have a fiance uh, but For even sure. just have you know being engaged is something that is so motivating as a man you find a lot of men the dawah carriers the shaykh they say that their wife is their backbone and obviously as single men we don't understand what that means until we get married if you have a good righteous pious wife she will be like a backbone to you. She will be like this, this, um, you know, pe people don't associate strength with women a lot of the time, but for, I, I honestly believe for a lot of men, their women is, uh, you know, would be their strength in, in the back end. Just something that keeps them going, motivates them and makes them feel like a man, honestly, especially when you're working like out in the field, working towards, you know, providing for your wife, when you have that kind of, responsibility like we were talking about before even that motivates a man and gives him strength 
And I think that's something else that's really important to remember. If you want to achieve your goals, get married because it'll push you to achieve your goals. Bro, it was even narrated by the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that one of the best things that we can do, or one of the best things in this dunya is a pious wife. Yeah, the best of temporary enjoyment and stuff, yeah. Yeah, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. Guys, I have to hop off here. I have work, so I got to get going. But this has been amazing. You guys, you know, keep continue, keep going, inshallah. May Allah bless you all immensely. I'm going to head off. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Fred, you can put marriage in the thumbnail now. <laughs> I already changed the title, bro. Subhanallah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But every single time we do a podcast, bro, and it's it's kind of wrapping up. We do a little bit of a QA right now. So inshallah yeah. we'll do that. If any of the viewers have any questions um for you, you know, inshallah they yeah. definitely do. So if y'all got any questions for brother Halal Moaz to answer, you know, at the discretion of himself, if he wants to answer it or not, you know, because we're going to leave it up to him. No pressure. Uh, leave the comments right now in the live chat, inshallah. And we're going to wrap this up in about 10 ish minutes. But to, to kind of spin off that point, bro, <clears throat> I wanted to I want to say how much like, you know, women today in, in, in society, they're so conflicted, bro, especially Muslim women and sisters. Like, they're conflicted between, okay, here's what my parents want from me. Here's what society wants from me. Here's what my friends want from me. Here's what I'm, I'm seeing on Netflix and TV. And I know, like, okay, yeah, men watch Netflix and TV too, but women are, are more emotional and hardwired to be more emotionally susceptible and influenced by nature. So when they see these things about, you know, rom-coms and, and, and it's, you know, romance novels and this, they can't help sometimes but to set these unrealistic expectations of like okay this is how like marriage is supposed to be this is how like love is supposed to be this is how romance is supposed to be you know and men too because men are watching you know haram on the internet you know one time a day they're not practicing nofap and they have this unrealistic expectation of, of how a woman's supposed to be too right so it goes both ways the reality is until you have that hard you know skin in the game experience where it's like okay i'm married now you can't really understand you know the vicissitudes about marriage and the logistics and that's why it's very hard to you know answer the question that you asked it's 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 not a black and white thing it's it's seldom something that you can you know read about it's like basketball you know you can you can read about you know free throws and and, and mm. you know, layups and everything bro until you get hooping on the court yeah it's, it's different it's, it's very little it's like it's like you can't do much with a parked car and just studying about driving and all this until you put your foot on the gas and you know and i'm not saying to be impulsive but there's some things in life that the best lesson is experience no i love that analogy you that's that's 100 right yeah and that like the thing with with unrealistic expectations too i feel like social media has to play such a like not just social media like you said just the movies and everything in general i feel like that was a big kind of red flag for me when I when I started TikTok and everything because I started realizing I do a lot of like reflecting and whatnot mm -hmm. and so I started realizing that my whole perspective of of a lot of things in the Dean are starting to change because of the content I'm consuming on TikTok especially marriage because it's talked about in such a way bro that like if no one were to like if, if someone were to hop on TikTok for the first time and start seeing these things they'd be like what the heck like what's what's going on here you know it's so twisted and swayed, but it's like, it's sneaky where it's like, you can't just be like, bro, that's haram, what the heck? You feel me? And so like, you have to take a step back from that 
and 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 kind of just gauge it in the real world. And even like you see all these like Muslim couples and whatnot that but look, I'm gonna be totally honest. I absolutely hate it when people post that kind of stuff. Not because like, oh, I'm jealous and I want that. But I'm like, bro, the amount of, first of all, the amount of hasad you're asking for and the amount of evil that you're asking for, number one. But two, you are you are part of the problem of causing this unrealistic expectation of marriage because mm-hmm. all you're doing is posting these happy pictures of Sharifi and walks on the beach and all this kind of stuff. And he brought me flowers for Valentine's Day. And bro, you're, you're, you're corrupting these minds of these people that are like, if that's not me every day, then I don't want it with my husband or I don't want it with my wife. It's such a big problem, bro. And so that's kind of like, that's one one big thing that I kind of have with social media. And I feel like you really have to gauge it and and understand the dangers of it. You know, that's a big thing. I'm not, I'm not advocating anymore. I used to advocate for like, you need to like delete Insta, you need to delete TikTok, completely disconnect, bro. Again, like we talked about earlier, you have to do with the environment that let's put you in. Social media isn't going to go away. The internet isn't going to go away, right? You have to realize that, but then be very aware of the dangers that it can cause to, you know, and then proceed and see if you still want to use it, if you want to limit it, whatever. Bro, you know, they literally do studies on how social media, like, re- can rewire your brain, like, rewire the neural pathways in your brain. They've done studies on this kind of stuff. And you see nowadays, bro, like, the increased level of, of ADHD, of depression, of anxiety, bro, like kids nowadays and even my generation and like you know younger younger our siblings generation we have a very very hard time focusing on one thing for a lengthened amount of time because what these apps like TikTok and Instagram have done is that they've they've it's like a slot machine we know this right you go from from one piece of content to a completely different subject and you just your brain keeps switching topics and topics and you can't focus on one thing that is a huge problem, bro, because in the real world, you would need, to, in order to do productive work, you have to be able to focus on one thing for a long amount of time, you know? And so it's these small things that are starting, we're now starting to realize this, but you need to kind of really find solutions for it in yourself first, you know, and then society as a whole, or else like the, the dangers can be really, really detrimental. Mm, that's deep, bro. Never thought of it like that. <laughs> brother ali writes one bit of advice for guys looking for a wife if she says she doesn't want to cook drop her that's facts that's the thing you see it's not a woman's only job to be in the kitchen but if she's against wanting to cook for you there's, there's no reason she should be wanting to be against that right subhanallah uh we got another question uh super chat any key takeaway from college that would benefit Moaz, let us know shameless plug i'm about to post the youtube video about the biggest lessons i learned from uni so stay tuned go. for that. But <laughs> the one thing I will say, the um, the one thing I will say, subhanAllah, is enjoy the journey, man. You guys have heard that quote where it's like, the person who enjoys walking will travel farther than the person who enjoys the destination, something along those lines, right? Mm. Like, as, as much as it sucks to, like, studying isn't fun, all this kind of stuff, right? But again, it's, it's about perspective, bro. Like, take a step back and like when you're in lab or when you're like in those study groups with your friends in the library late at night, just be like, yo, like I'm never going to get to do this again. Like when I graduate, Mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, it's going to be a one and done. I'm at work. I'm have a family. I'm not going to get to experience this again. The late nights with friends, the, um, you know, just going at like, I understand, bro. Again, I understand like college wasn't fun for me. It was, I didn't, I don't enjoy studying, 
But then subhanAllah, graduation, bro, I was looking back and, and part of me missed it. And I, I never thought I was going to say that, but like part of me actually misses that experience because I never really actually took time to experience it. My whole mindset was, all right, get this done as soon as possible, graduate early, you know, so you can just move on with your life. But bro, you have to learn to enjoy every single phase of your life because you're never going to get that phase back, right? So yeah, that, that's 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 my one thing I'll mention for now. No, that's facts, bro. That's one thing my mother always stressed to me. She, you know, that whole thing about you know, when when it's all said and done, that that's a chapter of your life. You're never gonna go back. Surah al Asr, bro. By by time, verily, man is in a state of loss. It's it, it, Allah doesn't write the, the believer or the disbeliever. You know, both mankind is in a state of loss. There's no no one can turn back the clock. You know, that's that's one that's a tough pill to swallow, bro. SubhanAllah, when Anhu flies to Canada in two weeks and we set up the in-person podcast, we might even make a whole episode like on the podcast just about time management because it's such an important thing today that, that a lot of people are just taking for granted, bro. Mm. Brother Junaid writes, these companies hire psychologists when they make those apps to see how to keep a person on the app for long periods of time. Stuff's scary. It's deep, bro. It's deep. See, what, when I would think of some like, some like, you know, a nerd in like some cubicle, you know, trying to like, you know, worry about how to like perfectly make these apps and like what goes into it. It's really easy to, to do like a dopamine detox or like social media cleanse, you know. But speaking of dopamine detox, Anho, bro, what advice do you have for people that are hooked into social media now that we're talking about it? Mm. Bro, before, before I say anything on that, I was still thinking about what the brother he had said over the people posting the pictures of like their marriage and stuff like that. Like, bro, just ask yourself this question, man. Like, do you really want all these other men to look at your woman? Mm. And, bro, like, let's be honest, man. Let's be honest. We can be we can be as, like, religious as possible. We can really strive to be as close to Allah as possible. But Allah made us weak to women. And we could be married. And we're still, like, that's still a weakness where we have to lower our gaze. And, like, you have all these guys that are on the internet who you know when like you're surfing you know you're mindlessly scrolling it's hard to lower your gaze if you're mindlessly scrolling you're not fully there there's like this lag time period so like they might see that and they might look just a little bit too long and bro god god knows best allah knows best what's going on in their head when they see this dude's wife stuck for a lot like let's let's not be part of that let's not even <laughs> support it or anything like that man for real Subhanallah, bro. You you read this question without even reading, bro. What's y'all's opinion about men nowadays showing the wives on social media? Khira, evil eye, it became so normalized. Yeah, bro, I guess that's it. Allah, Allah mentions that the youth will never enter Jannah, bro. This is like we're not just saying you know pulling things out of thin air. It is deep, and it's it's things where it's like when you're too plugged into society and the matrix, you think it's like okay, it's insecure if you're you know you're not okay with you know showing off your wife or all of this. They use these shaming tactics, you know. The reality is all men are born with fitra and they have khira, bro. We have this innate sense of protective jealousy, and, and, and we really don't want that, bro. Yeah. Real quick, back to the point of social media. Have either of you guys seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Not yet, bro. Bro, you guys need to get on that right now. And everyone that's watching, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, it basically, it's like a documentary, but they bring like people who originally created like these apps like Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. Hmm. And they basically kind of expose these secrets about how these apps were built. Bro, it's, it's, the, it's the most eye-opening Thing I've seen about how social media works. That social dilemma, bro. Everyone go watch that for sure. Inshallah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, let's see. We got we got something from Nafisa. What to do if you fail for the man? Hello, oh, man. Us. You really have to ask that question? Damn, hundred damn. I follow oh. him on uh oh, for the man. Insta for inspirational videos. Bro, what currency is that? I think that's rupees. That makes Bro, I don't yen. know what currency or is that, that yen. I feel, I feel like if we convert that, it's gonna be like two dollars and fifty cents USD. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I, got, I, got I don't know, bro. Jazakallah here, though. Jazakallah here, bro. It's not about the money, but we, I've never seen that currency in my life. Yeah, I don't know what the question was. To be honest, is it an inside was joke? She saying that she was. She was saying that she was into the brother. I mean, he's a handsome brother, but if I was a woman, well, I'd be into him too. Mashallah. Mashallah. Uh, Oh, we could get through this without without embarrassing me, but <laughs> he about to writes, I love Moaz when he talks about girls and not learning basic stuff for motherhood and femininity, but just chasing careers. This is not helping families at all. Kids being abandoned at daycare centers, bro. This listen, all the topics we're talking about is 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 are linked today. You know, you, you, women not focusing on this, your kids are gonna be raised by the internet, so social media, all of this, you know. And the internet is not going to teach them what they need to know. Pornography for a man is not going to teach him, you know, about real intimacy. To all the fathers that are kind of, you know, dragging their feet about having to talk with their son. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> nah, bro, I really think that's like either yen or rupees. Mm-hmm. Nice. Rupees, that's... I just saw 100. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I need, bro. I need, I, I need. So, listen, I opened the chat publicly. I need someone to like find what this currency is and just paste it down in the in the description box. Or in I the really chat. think it's rupees, bro. It's I the it's currency. Rupees, I I think it is, man. Rupees would say INR. Indian rupees, you know. I don't know, bro. So we we need someone for that. But anyway, guys, if y'all don't have any other questions, we're gonna wrap this up. Inshallah. Uh, someone writes, that's what they use on Cayman Islands, bro. He fancy. Really? I, I think know. that's Cap, bro. I think they're pulling a leg. <laughs> Guess we'll never know, bro. Stay tuned until next time where we find out what currency that is, inshallah. <laughs> and uh, Brother Moaz, bro, any questions that you have for us? For you guys. How have actually I do? You guys kind of, you guys also already mentioned it. I forget which podcast it was. But how have y'all stayed so consistent with, like, the podcast and everything? Because I feel like that's one thing, like, I really look up to you guys where you've been able to grow this channel so much. And I feel like like it has to be hard managing three people's schedule as well. And you guys all have busy lives. How have you guys been able yeah. to manage that? Bro, I got to give credit where credit is due. And that is to Fayed because he's the one that's been uh, coordinating all of that. But honestly, man, in terms of like the consistency, I think there's um, I think there's power in numbers. Because, bro, like with myself, I have to force myself to to be consistent for my own YouTube channel. But with the podcast, with the brothers here, like there's no force; like it just happens, you know. And um, I'm sure they can speak for themselves as well. It's the same thing. No, bro, you're right. Because, see, and Allah Mubarak, bro, Jazakallah khair for that. But I wanted to say that most of the ventures that I've tried in my life, when it's not Allah, when it's not for the sake of Allah, when there's no niya with doing something for the approval and validation and love of Allah, 
it's always going to look like an uphill battle, bro. I've seen people that try to start a business, bro. I've seen people try to make YouTube. They've been doing YouTube for 10, 15 years. They still got 2K subs. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, hate on them and throw any dirt on them. You know, keep trying, keep hustling. But at the end of the day, you're going to know if something's meant for you and you're going to know if something's not meant for you. And one thing about YouTube is from the jump, our Nia was never about dunya, material gains, nothing, bro. The way we started this podcast, I'm sure you probably heard this in another in another episode or so. But this one time, me, Anhel, and Rami, right, the three of us, we were speaking to one of our friends. Okay, this is a non-Muslim brother, right? It was around the time that I was getting on Dean, you know, Rami was on Dean, Anhel just reverted, mashallah, and it's kind of natural the fourth person to kind of be like you know i'm kind of interested in this too now you know no peer pressure because we we didn't want to give him doubt but he was he was interested he came to me and he's like you know can i can i read about can i you know should i read the quran what should i do you know is, is there any of the resources you recommend and what me rami and Anpo started doing was we started having these talks with him i don't think we had that many but what i know for damn sure is at the end of the first talk when the brother left the chat and it was just us three we just stopped and, and wondered like there was so much value that we ourselves got from this talk even though we weren't giving that well to ourselves right but just reinforcing and just like going over things and just reviewing you know different concepts and it was just so, so much of an iman boost at the very least very minimal that had we just hit record and even one more soul would have tuned in and just heard the conversation <clears throat> there would have been so much value and so much barakah they could have gotten inshallah so we realized we're going to continue having these talks that we normally have anyway, right? It's not like we're, it's like a time commitment or a financial commitment or anything. We're doing these talks anyway. Why not just hit the record button and just post it on the internet and have a webcam too while we're at it? What difference does it make? We're still going to continue doing what we're doing, but now we're letting other people in on the blessings and the value and, and everything that they could get, inshallah. And that's essentially why we started. And, and if we renew our intention regularly, which it's, you know, this is a reminder to ourselves too, we're not perfect. And we keep that intention, you know, fresh and renewed that we just want one person to just come back to Islam and come deeper into Islam. That was our near from the get-go. Allah just over-delivers, bro. That's, that's the truth. I love that. That's a beautiful way to start. Hundred percent, bro. Let's see, honestly, guys, I can't wait till they're in their own studio together. May Allah increase the I mean, I mean, it's been long overdue, guys. For anyone that made it this far, a loyal T3M family member, <clears throat> we are starting our in-person podcast studio very soon. First legit in-person episode drops July first. You know, save that in your calendar, inshallah. And brother Moaz is going to be back, inshallah. Bro, if you're ever in Canada, come through to the podcast in person. We'd love to host you as a guest. What uh, what province are you guys in? We're in Ontario, bro. Ooh, okay. We're in Ontario. But if you're driving up here from the States, it's actually going to be in the first city that you hit up, which is Niagara Falls in Ontario. I might have to make a quick pay stop there, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah, bro. Okay, Definitely. last comment we got from Sister Wyatt. Discipline is key. You do something because you have to, even if you don't want to. That's really how one grows and succeeds. That's what it is, bro. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not an excuse to say, oh, I don't want to pray Salah. So I'm not going to pray until I feel like, you know, oh, I don't want to fast today. See, the thing with the, the thing with being a real man is doing what you're supposed to do, even if you don't feel like it. And most of the time, you're not going to feel like it. 
you know so at the end of the day that's what separates people that are emotional you know and they rely on emotions and feelings which are transient right and fleeting and those that know okay i have to do it because you know at the end of the day if i can't stand by my word what else do i have 100 what did the prophet i said him say he said the one who the, the, the one amongst you who is actually strong isn't the one who's able to physically overcome the other one it's the one who's able to control his anger at a time of at a time of other at a time of anger so it's the understanding is as a man bro it, it's not about how much money you get or how many girls you can pull or any of that kind of stuff that's what society tells you bro a real man is is is, is a master of himself is a his 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 shahwat his 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 own desires have no control over him at all that's the definition of a real man much likes bro and i think that's the point we're gonna end it on inshallah inshallah bro, guys if you made it if you made it as far as smash that like button links in the description for brother moaz's youtube channel make sure you go there and subscribe show him some love inshallah today is going to drop a video very soon um but moaz anything else well it's been an absolute pleasure well honors all mine thank you guys so much for inviting me i i wish we could go longer but inshallah we'll have more talks in the future inshallah, inshallah, bro. may allah bless you immensely and and give you a lot of value and knowledge and wisdom and everything in this one year that you're about to study the deen and once you return to academia at least secular academia with uh with dentistry may allah bless you for that make it four years i think it's four years because here it's four years make it four years for you to remember bro that shapes you and inshallah if this is willed for you to have as a career choice to facilitate that give you ease give you blessing in that i mean Um, i appreciate all all right anand bro you want to do the closing dua um subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik inshallah assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum assalam wa alaykum assalam